Thank you for being here again for the next episode of our Friday weekly podcast, the Class Action Weekly Wire. I'm Jen Riley, partner at Dwayne Morris, and joining me today are partners Sheila Raftery Wiggins and Caitlin Gray and associate Shana Wolf. Thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having Thanks, us. <laughs> today, we wanted to discuss some trends and important developments in Telephone Consumer Protection Act or TCPA class action litigation. So the TCPA has long been a booming focus of consumer litigation, particularly in the class action space. Um, the statute was enacted in 1991. It's a federal statute. It's aimed at protecting consumers from companies that use ATDS meaning automatic telephone dialing systems, to engage in mass telemarketing methods, including robocalls. The TCPA originally focused on unwanted telephone calls and faxes. For many years, uh, plaintiffs successfully have alleged that a defendant used an automatic telephone dialing system or ATDS to call or send messages to cell phones without obtaining prior express consent. Sheila, can you explain um, some of the recent Supreme Court litigation governing the TCPA's interpretation, in particular, um, what constitutes an auto dialer? Sure, Jen. In 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court issued its ruling, Facebook et al. versus Do Good, which adopted a narrow interpretation of what devices count as an ATDS. Before Duguid, some federal circuits held that equipment could qualify as an autodialer just because it autodialed stored phone numbers that had not been randomly or sequ sequentially generated in the first instance. But the Supreme Court rejected this interpretation and held that a, quote, necessary feature of an autodialer under Section 227A1A is the capacity to use random or sequ sequential numer a number auto generator to either store or produce phone numbers to be called because the contrary interpretation would capture virtually all modern cell phones, which have the capacity to store telephone numbers to be called and dial such numbers. Got it. Are there other types of communications governed by the TCPA? Well, as you can imagine, Jen, the TCPA was enacted 30 years ago. So, of course, the methods and the technologies that businesses use now to engage customers has changed. Um, I'm sure all of you have received text messages from businesses for a variety of different reasons, whether it's to communicate with customers, you know, solicit co consumer feedback, announce product promotions, um, you know, identify the status of a delivery, even utilize two-factor two security authentication. So as a result of that, as a result of the changes that have occurred in the last 30 years, courts have now begun interpreting the TCPA to include text messages. Um, the TCPA also empowers the Federal Communications Commission, or something that we refer to as the FCC, to prescribe regulations to implement the statute and to create exemptions to statutory liability by rule or order. So under this authority, the FCC has actually created a two-tier system of consent for TCPA liability with different kinds of calls, essentially requiring different types of consents. Sheena, can you talk about how successful the plaintiff's bar has been in obtaining class certification in TCPA class action cases? The plaintiff's bar was fairly successful in 2022, where they sought class certification over TCPA issues, particularly relating to or involving robocalls. The plaintiff's bar won around 67% of motions for class certification, and companies secured denials in 33% of the decisions. So it sounds like the plaintiff's bar has been fairly successful overall. 
Um, Sheila, can you comment on some of the notable successful certification rulings in this space? Sure. In Head B Citibank, the plaintiff received over 100 robocalls from the defendant, a bank, over the course of three months regarding an overdue credit account of a man she didn't know. The plaintiff was never a customer of the defendant and did not authorize the man or anyone else to open the account with the defendant using her cell phone number. The plaintiff filed a class action alleging that the defendant routinely violated the TCPA by placing calls using an artificial or pre-recorded voice to telephone numbers assigned to a cellular telephone service without prior express consent. The court granted the motion. The court explained that the defendant did not deny that it places billions of calls each year regarding delinquent accounts or that millions of accounts in its system are marked wrong number and that at least one unsolicited call must be placed to a number before a telephone number is marked wrong. Moreover, the court noted that the defendant did not dispute that it called to the plaintiff repeatedly before it marked the account associated with her number cease and desist making a clear inference that there, that there may be numbers not yet marked wrong, no consent or cease and desist for which the defendant does not have authorization to robocall. The court also found that the proposed class satisfied the typicality and commonality requirements, that common questions of law in fact predominated, and that in the absence of a class action, thousands of meritorious claims would likely go unredressed because of the cost of litigation could dwarf any possible reward under the TCBA. Thanks so much, Sheila. Uh, Caitlin, were there any memorable class certification rulings denying certification in 2022? So there was one that I'll talk about, but just would generally say in 2022, it seemed that defendants in TCPA class actions continued to succeed in defending class certification by demonstrating that the proposed representative or the individual that sought to represent the class was inadequate or atypical, so essentially didn't have anything in common with the other class members, especially where the circumstances surrounding their consent distinguished them from those other class members. So one of those examples was a case called Busilos um, et al. versus West Covina Corp Fitness. And this was a case where a former gym member went into a defendant's gym and he provided his phone number to an employee who entered it into his profile. And I'm sure a lot of us do this all the time. So unfortunately for the company, the phone number that was provided was actually one digit off from the actual number of the former gym member. And it belonged to the plaintiff in this case. So at one point, the defendant, the gym, authorized its marketing agency to send out a one-time pre-recorded telephone message to former gym members and guests who had expressed interest in joining the gym at a certain point, inviting them essentially to rejoin or to join. And so most of these individuals had provided their telephone numbers when they filled out the guest registration or a contract with the defendant when they joined the gym the first time. So the plaintiff in this case was actually one of 1,400 individuals that received a pre-recorded message on her cell phone from the defendant offering a gym membership promotion. And so in this instance, uh, the court denied certification because they found that the plaintiff in this case did not allege or produce evidence that any of the other messages were sent to wrong numbers and therefore found that she was not typical to the members of the class that she proposed to represent. Another common reason that courts deny class certification in TCPA cases is due to predominance of an individualized issue. For TCPA cases, one of the most powerful affirmative defenses is showing consent to the telemarketing messages. 
Courts have tended to rule in favor of defendants where they can show that a substantial portion of the proposed class consented to the communications, the purpose and nature of each communication varied from person to person, or identifying who provided consent and who did not would be impractical or impossible. There were also several case rulings that demonstrated this defense, including Cooper versus Nealmed Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, where the defendant successfully offered five methods by which it received prior express invitation or permission from recipients before sending faxes, which creates almost a sort of presumption that the consent issue will be individualized. Before we turn to settlements, if I recall, the largest TCPA jury verdict ever was overturned on appeal last year. Is that correct? That's correct. The largest TCPA jury verdict involved an award of $925 million. However, the defendant successfully overturned the verdict on appeal. In Wakefield versus Vesalius, the plaintiff filed a class action alleging that the defendant made unlawful telephone calls using pre-recorded voice messages in violation of the TCPA. Following a trial, the jury returned a verdict in favor of the plaintiff and found the defendant sent over 1.8 million pre-recorded calls to class members without prior express consent. Accordingly, the jury awarded the minimum statutory damages of $500 per call for a verdict against the defendant of $925 million. The defendant filed a post-trial motion challenging the constitutionality of the statutory damages award under the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment as being unconstitutionally excessive. The district court denied the motion. On appeal, the Ninth Circuit vacated and remanded the district court's denial of the defendant's motion. On appeal, the defendant contended that even if the TCPA statutory penalty of $500 per violation was constitutional, an aggregate award of $920,000 was so excessive and oppressive that it violated the defendant's due process rights. So this case has ultimately caused that there was uh, the defendants had obtained an extension of time from the Supreme Court to file a petition for cert. Wow. Well, we will definitely keep our listeners updated as to what happens next in that case. Um, as far as TCPA settlements go, I doubt there were any quite that large, um, but were there any significant settlements over the past year? Um, Shana, can you comment on that? I can. Although none were in the hundreds of millions, there were several multi-million class-wide TCPA settlements in 2022. Four of the top 10 were over $15 million, and the value of the top 10 totaled over, over $134 million. Um, thanks, Shana. Great insights and analysis, everyone. I know that these are only some of the cases that had interesting rulings over the past year in the TCPA class action space. Um, the remainder of 2023 is sure to give us some more insights um, into the ways that class actions are evolving in the TCPA class litigation area. Um, thanks again, everybody, for joining us today. Thanks to the panel, um, and thanks, everyone, for being here. We look forward to um, connecting again next Friday um, during the next episode of the Class Action Weekly Wire. Jen.